actually like moderately more organized than this stand. We were organized the first time and that was it. <laughs> then you, after that you just turn up, start talking and see what happens. Bye. What's happening everybody? Welcome back to episode 33. Oh wow. 33 already. Damn. Chugging right along. Yep. <clears throat> As everybody knows, you can find this on all your podcast platforms. Apple, Spotify. Check it out. Got the usual suspects. Shy, Claire. Hello. Claire's what not up? on location this time. She's actually at home. Welcome back. As of 20 minutes ago. <laughs> uh, gone in that shower in five minutes and got out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's After dedication what, like, right there, guys. How we haven't missed on the a road? single episode. 37 no. hours on the road. I know Mockumentary's no. pissed off, but you know, at least we were able to keep you. <laughs> It's a lot easier to film a podcast on the road than it is to do like a mocking building stream. Like, when- <laughs> it's cool. Before we get all bantery, we got a special guest, Dan from Between the Bricks. Woo. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for the invite. Glad to be here. Yeah. Thank you for coming and uh, shooting the shit with us. Get that, sh- <laughs> get that out of the way, you know. <laughs> no worries. Looking forward to it. <laughs> but besides that, so yeah, Claire finally got home. How's everybody how like? going? Yeah, how was that? How was that? I was here, Claire. I don't care about anybody else. She's had a kidding. week of driving. No, it was good. It was, really, it was good. It, honestly, Jeez, I've done it. I've done it many times, but like I haven't done it in like ten. It feels like ten years or something like that. And. Uh, my car, we had a rental car and it was like a nice, it was a pretty good rental car. And so that had like a huge impact, you know, just like sitting it on cruise and just gliding along and it not being super loud and not doing it during the winter time. I've always done it when it's blizzarding outside and this time yep. it was summer. Yeah. And then I, what we wanted to get home as quickly as possible, but also like weren't actually that rushed. Like there wasn't, you know, something to get back to. I mean, there is you guys, obviously, but um, it was, it was, it was a bit more relaxed and we ended up stopping at like a lot of third party Lego stores and Lego stores themselves on the way without going too much out of the way. And it made it a lot more palatable, but the, I feel bad. Sans right now is unpacking the whole car by himself. (laughs) Dedication. Thank you, Sans. Brought to you by. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. He's unfortunately at 10, 15 at night unloading the car on his own so i feel bad about that in a eh, neighborhood right <laughs> um we were able to bring the car in the building so i we like sh- shimmied both cars into my spot so uh, well, so mm-hmm. how packed was your car like by the time you hit the nevada line <laughs> oh okay so because like i've done this a few times like the car was like packed really well and i could see out the back a little bit enough <laughs> Uh, oh, I could goodness. see my I could see my blind spots completely like out the side. Like if I turn either direction, I could see the blind spots and and I knew to do that. And with these like rear view cameras right now, you know, that we have in these cars, it was great. So it was fine. But you know, we 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 bought a few things on the way. We hit Walmarts and Walmart clearance right now is killer. Oh my not here. Not, not in here. California. Yeah, but not it goes in the middle of Nevada. Actually, Population eight hundred. Yeah. There actually, you go. You could get the uh, the video bandmates for four ninety seven out here. That's pretty good. You um No, no, the bandmates, the the Oh wait, the tribe. Tribe. I tried. Oh. I would so buy those if I found them for four dollars. Wait, the bandmates are the ones in the cube things, right? No. Yes. No, the no. ones in the No, box. no, no. 
There's a single one. It's the CMS. It's only two the cents. The CMS. Off. Oh, yeah. they're two cents uh, off. Okay. So yeah. I the the twenty dollar ones were five dollars, <laughs> and then like we got some. I got we got some sets like Star Wars stuff for like five bucks a pop. It was crazy. <laughs> what the hell, man? <laughs> so we gotta go to the middle of nowhere. I don't know, Dan. Do you guys have sales in New Zealand? Uh, yeah, we do. Um, it, we none of the video stuff's on that much of a clearance at the moment. Mm-hmm. I've seen it down to about fifty percent off, mm-hmm. which is about that's, as good as it gets. That's decent, uh, yeah. But you got to be pretty quick to get in there mm-hmm. and get it. Um, but yeah, and again, hit and miss. Very much the same. People report it on the you know on the usual Facebook groups and whatnot. You go and check your local, and it's not on sale because it's not in the middle of nowhere or some random coast or something exactly you have to you either you have to be the one to find it just be there at the right time or be live in the middle of nowhere because they had some stuff like you know zane's like titan mech i think it was the white one that was like 12 dollars some places and i didn't i didn't get that one but we that we had seen it yeah what what did that retail for over there i think it was 60 and then i did find away yeah, no, it's crazy. I found the Ninjago, the red dragon, you know, the new one that just came out on August 1st here. That was $20. I think it's a $50 set. We found that one. Did you buy it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you didn't get Zane's. Zane. <laughs> we couldn't find, no, I couldn't find Zane's. Like, I saw the deal. I saw the, like, the, you know how you go and you can see the sticker or you can see it on the app or whatever. But, and so it, it someone got it for $12. Nice. I don't know. Yeah. Not for you, though. Why are they clearancing stuff so soon? I don't know. And Shang Chi is on, on clearance now, too. I don't. I feel like they're clearing the shelves for all the new sets. Getting ready for holiday. It's around the corner. <sighs> Maybe. It's really interesting. Um, So we went to the Lego store today as well in um, Roseville, which is here in California. And they said that sales, they're still doing really well, but sales are going down. Things are slowing down. Hmm. It's kind of interesting. Finally. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Everyone's going back to normal. <laughs> kind of like that. You know, it's just, it's just, it's more telling. I mean, yes, I, I've been preaching it for a while. I'm like, I just want everything to go back to normal, you know, like, so that way I can buy the Lego set that I want. Nothing's going to be sold out right away. That's just being selfish. But like, it's, it's a good sign of what's, you know, around us. Like people are kind of like, whether there's an imminent threat or not, people are, they want to go back to normal. Mm. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? How many so, people do you think came back to Lego or into Lego through COVID because of the forced lockdown or restriction or fear of going anywhere or anything like that? Do you think oh, will drop yeah. back out of it uh, when things do sort of return back to some form of normality? I think I like, think, go ahead. I think more than half. Yeah. I was, um, I was yeah. pegging like 60, 65% or 70, maybe mm-hmm. we'll go back to Once they get know. their free time back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. even it's not going to be as fun. No, because even with me, uh, and it's not COVID related at all. It's more of I have my freedom back just not because, you know, changing career paths, like having the availability to spend time with my friends and family. Like I haven't been touching Lego a lot, but that's not COVID related. It's just it's the first time I've been able to control my time um, through my through a career path. So I can only imagine people just kind of like, oh, I can go out and eat and go to the movies. Yeah, like I don't I don't see a lot of people. Yeah, or at least buying as aggressively as they were. They might still be fans, but they won't be, um, you know, going to town with like 
everything that pops out and the FOMO, you know, it's not there. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, I can wait. And then it's gone. It's like, oh, it's gone. You know, Speaking like the casual movies. fans will kind of like drop and then leaving it back to normal. Like status quo, we'll back to normal. will be nice have and you, normal. Have you yeah, guys I'm watched a- Suicide Squad? No, I, I want haven't. To. I heard it's great. I heard it's great. Not yet. Not yet. Do you know? Oh, dang. Did you guys watch the new yeah. What If? Not yet that. either. I'm still. I just finished watching Loki. <laughs> What'd you think? It's so good. It's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. Wait, hold on. Okay, wait. We have to go back though. Do you think that like, because there's also like content creators that like popped up. Like I popped up because of COVID. Like if it wasn't for COVID, I wouldn't. I would just be doing Lego on my own by myself in my house. Um, but do you think like content creators will leave? I feel like we've talked about it a little bit here, but not extensively. Well, what do you yeah, think? we're starting to see it. That would that would be you would fall in that demographic, right? What do you think? Yeah, maybe because but the thing is is like I also like left my normal nine to five job. So yeah. not not for not for YouTube, obviously, but like I'm figuring some stuff out and I really like it. And now, you know, my my partner's also in it too. So it's like yeah. I I, I've, I've like set myself up to not leave. You know what I mean? The And and I don't want to leave. I mean, like, I like being here. I mean, um, yeah. I, I We've already seen it. Even Chris has admitted it from breaking it. Like, he's straight up said, like, yeah, he's been, just been really busy. And he's one of those that made a very, is very successful in the YouTube space in the small amount of time he's been here. Great content. Um, great person. And then now he's just, you know, work. Kind of getting back to the normal everyday grind. It's just doesn't have time commuting I, like, yeah stuff. yeah yeah regardless mm-hmm. of everything and it, it's it's i feel like we're gonna start seeing even more drop um mm-hmm. but i feel like a lot of them that that would have have already done it interesting yeah. yeah i don't know i guess like what was because so like shy when did you start making videos like when did when did you guys all kind of come into the scene ninja when did we come here <laughs> i think you came at the same right. time Almost three. Seventy-two hour stream, right? Two years ago. Two years ago, that's when when I started like actually posting stuff. But yeah, I think like two years ago. Yeah, Yeah. two maybe three, almost three, maybe maybe three. Yeah, going on three. How about you, Dan? It was before before all the COVID stuff. Yeah, before COVID. Um, I so I started streaming first, really, um, Mm -hmm. like two and a half years ago, and I sort of avoided YouTube because the Uh space was quite crowded. Um, (laughs) got even crowded. And the thing is, is it wasn't really it wasn't really my jam because there's already plenty of awesome YouTubers that are making content better than I ever will anyway. Um, so live streaming for me was was more about actually just staying in contact um, with my friends because I, I didn't leave my house for four months when I um, sort of embarked on deciding that I had PTSD. I didn't really decide that. My brain decided that. Um, and it took me a while to figure out what it was and, and get the help that I needed. So, And I didn't leave my house. So I started live streaming and, and that was where my friends hung out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then YouTube just came about because um, – there's a streamer, Harris Heller, who continuously goes on about how Twitch is not discoverable. And it's not. Twitch is absolutely crap when it comes to discoverability for content creators. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, you know, you got to do YouTube to push people to, to Twitch. So that's what I did. So I started doing YouTube videos. And it's, he's right. You know, it's definitely helped me grow on, on Twitch. Um, so so you two like and pay- a half years. 
mm-hmm. two and a half years is about it, and probably a, a, about a year and a half mm-hmm. um, of doing YouTube semi-seriously. I don't have an upload schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't upload as often as a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know. So just as what it is. I look to your every day on Friday, Friday at 8 o'clock, though. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. Yes, yes. We, we nice. do a podcast on... <laughs> It's Friday at eight o'clock for you guys. It's actually yeah. Saturday at three in the afternoon for me. <laughs> um, and, and that's just sort of, well, you know, we have Brian, Bricks O'Brien and uh-huh. April B and the Bricks King podcast and Jang's been jumping in lately. Nice. Late. Um, <laughs> and you guys do it yeah, live always, too. So. Always late. Yeah, we just do it live. It was meant to be an hour and that was it. And and since Jang keeps popping in late, it tends to go for like an hour and a half. Uh, but yeah, we just talk about whatever. You know, mostly Lego and new stuff. Sometimes other things. You know, oh, um, to think. sometimes we'll call out behaviors and issues and give Jang people's nicknames. opinions and give Jang <laughs> nicknames. Uh, which Jang's, I was Jang's funny. <laughs> he, he is very funny. He's hilarious actually. on that. Very big Jang, little Jang. How many different type of Jangs have showed up to that to your episode? Oh, so many Jangs. So many janks. And yeah, he's he's actually a really funny guy. You know, to be mm-hmm. honest, before he started streaming on Twitch and and before we sort of got to talking and, and stuff, I you know, I really thought he was pretty dry. Eh? You know, but that's just that's just his level of professionalism. He's just mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. YouTube, his videos are professional, you know, there's no doubt about yeah. it. They are the ones you go to, you know they're always gonna be safe, you know they're always gonna be objective, and you know they're always gonna cover all of the points. And then he starts streaming on Twitch, and then the funny side of Jang is, was all of a sudden just being let loose. And man, I tell you what, that guy has yeah, got some character, some character I didn't know he had from his YouTube videos, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. Like people, there's different, you can, the thing with social media is you can present yourself however you choose to present yourself. Obviously, what whatever's within your capacity to do so. And it's kind of – it's like this weird alternate reality sometimes. But live streaming, though, is not that at all. So, like, no. you – it definitely, like – you can definitely behave a certain way when you're live streaming. You can like tailor your word choice and your energy and you can, you know, be either louder, like you can put on a show or whatever, but it takes, I think like a certain kind of person to do that. And I think the average, Mm -hmm. the average, you know, bunny here on YouTube is not able to do that. You know, we're just like regular people like creating content, which is like why Twitch and YouTube and stuff are kind of, you know, so attracting to people because it's like, you know, they, they can relate to whoever they are, but exactly. Yeah. Twitch is relatable. Yeah, exactly. Twitch is so interesting. I have so many Twitch questions because I'm actually thinking about starting to stream on Twitch because it's just, I, I really like the platform in terms of like its capacity for streaming. It is just built for it relative Mm -hmm. to YouTube. And, um, that's what it's made for. But yeah, everyone says exactly what you said. Twitch is incredibly hard to find people. You need to pull from other platforms over it's so interesting and then like you know watching you guys on there for like you know the last year or whatever at least that i've been like present it's like the amount of hoops that the lego twitch community has had to jump through is like pretty incredible just to get a few of the searchable kind of like the equivalent Mm -hmm. of like hashtags or whatever right it's like it's it's kind of shocking that it's like not how difficult it has been. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, for sure. 
the, the more people that come to Twitch, in all honesty, um, the more people become aware of the platform. So, you know, I, I started on Twitch about two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started there, there was literally half a dozen people, if that, that streamed oh. Lego on Twitch. Oh, yeah. It was, you know, Brick and Nick and mm-hmm. Parky Bricks and um, Set to Build. Uh, they were sort of like the the OGs of Twitch, essentially. You know, Brick and Nick and um, Set to Build set up the Brick Building Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've built that community. Um, they've been regulars on Twitch for that amount of time over and above what I've done. I think Nick's probably coming up into his sixth year now. And, oh, wow. you know, for three years, that guy essentially just was grind, grind, grind on Twitch with, you know, not a lot. He's built that community from the ground up. And over this last 12 to 18 months with COVID, the explosion of of uh, streamers on Twitch, especially in the Lego space, has is, is gone from half a dozen people to probably 50 or 60 people mm-hmm. that will stream regularly on Twitch now. Uh, and that's still growing every day. And I, I think that it's uh, like it's not a bad thing because Twitch, by mm-hmm. its very nature, uh, is it seems to be more inclusive than YouTube. Yeah, uh, the, agreed. The community definitely support each other a lot more. Um, you know, the, the the platform's designed to be inclusive and support each other in the mm-hmm. sense that if you wish to raid into another channel, yeah. if you want to take your current viewers with you and drop them in somebody else's stream, you can do. Yeah, and then that helps that channel grow. And then that channel might do it back to you one day, and that will help you grow. And there's this whole tag team effect um, around the Twitch brick building community. And whilst we don't really rely on each other for support, while well, we do support each other, um, we're not relying on each other to, to sort of view each other's uh, content, um, whereas we just share our viewership, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then people choose where they want to watch and who they don't want to watch. And, you know, not everybody watches every stream. There's, there's just so many. There's only so many hours in the day. And, and this comes back train. to as well. What we, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. We do a raid train on a Tuesday for most of the US and Wednesday for me. And it starts, for me, it starts at six in the morning and finishes at 10 at night. And that's continuous six streamers. No, what have we got now? Eight streamers that will just drop the next one onto the next one onto the next one throughout the day. That's, and it's, uh, like, you know, yeah. it's, it's just a real community vibe over there. Um, and, it brings me back to what you said before about, um, you know, whether people will leave uh, YouTube and it's the same with Twitch. I think there's mm-hmm. two things that, that will drive people away from being content creators or creating more content. And I think one of them will be their commitments back to their jobs when they start going back to work and they don't yeah. have that downtime as much anymore. And the second one I think will be for some people, uh, I feel like if you're not getting the viewership that you've had because people have, time to burn and are looking for content to consume and your viewership takes a bit of a dive um people will lose confidence they'll probably think you know oh, it's not worth doing it anymore or, or yeah. whatever so they'll just quit but you know to that yeah, i say just remember what you did it for in the first place you know if you did it because you needed to fill time and the time's filled and you're back to normal sweet that's awesome but if you do it because you love it and because you want to you know engage with other Lego people or within the community or just for your own satisfaction and fulfillment, don't worry about how many people are watching your videos. Just do them. 
you know, because the only person that you really need to keep happy at the end of the day is yourself. As long as you're happy with your content, keep making the content. Preach. It's hard though. It's hard. (laughs) It's hard to like, you know, easier said than done because to kind of keep reminding yourself of that. It's like a constant. But I think it's, I think it's different for you, Claire, because you kind of switched gears. That's, I did. I totally switched gears. I mean, I'm doing like other professional stuff on the side, which is like, you know, still fulfilling, like, thank God. But like, um, it's just like, I think people, especially if you're like a very self-critical person, do you know what I mean? If you like want Mm -hmm. to like improve and and keep pushing forward, it's really, because you still need to do that. It's just hard to like play that game of like, you know, how do I how do I make my content better without overexerting myself and burning out? Because obviously you're scared of doing that. And how do you stay relevant? Because it is, there's definitely, um, there's definitely a high to uploading content or streaming or interacting. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, and you're kind of like chasing it. Like I found myself, especially when I was like doing, doing daily uploads that I was like craving that excitement. It's like that, that immediate sense of accomplishment that like kind of start to finish of especially editing a video and like uploading it. It feels really good. It feels like really good to just like upload something and then wait and see what people say or the comments mm-hmm. that the, you know what I mean or whatever it is. And so if you, what happens, I think people also get addicted to that. And then, like you said, Dan, if they stop getting that kind of feedback and they're not getting that stimulation, whatever it is that they're looking for from those videos, they're going to go get it somewhere else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know. It's really, I think it's hard to balance that. Um, I think the only, like for, I, I don't know. It was honestly, it was Sans who like called it out. He's like, I think you're like, just like chasing, chasing that like upload high because if I spent like maybe a few more days on one video, I'd probably be happier with it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, but you're so addicted to uploading daily or, you know, getting that, that you get into this like routine of it all, which is Mm -hmm. full circle. Why I think I want to upload or want to stream on Twitch because it's so much more casual. You get the engagement with people. Mm -hmm. It's not like uploading. Do you know what I mean? There's like the, the, the formality of it dissipates in a way that I think will be a lot more, uh, a lot healthier, I guess, is the best way to put it. Truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it can certainly be unhealthy sitting there uh, staring at your statistics waiting for views. Yeah, true. And not getting them. You know, it's like anything. It's like the, you know, the whole issue about likes. You know, how many likes did I get? Oh, I didn't get yeah. enough. Oh, I'm going to jump off a cliff. That'd be stupid. <laughs> you know, not every... <laughs> Not everyone's looking at your internet at that time of the day, you know. Just you got to remember why you do it in the first place, mm-hmm. you know. And you do it because you love it, especially you know? when or it's do, like or do you do it for likes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. And you're right. Streaming is very much more uh, low key, casual, mm-hmm. and you know it doesn't really matter whether you have one viewer, <laughs> ten viewers, a hundred viewers, or a thousand mm-hmm. viewers. If you've got one person who's sitting there chatting with you, Yeah, then it's worth streaming, in my opinion. I, I don't get hung up on the numbers. You know, I average, honestly, I average about 35. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, my first 12 months of streaming, I averaged about nine, you know. Mm-hmm. But it didn't matter because I had nine people that were actually chatting to me in the stream. Yeah, active. And They're now like, even if I have 35, watching. 40, 50 people in a stream, I might still only have 10 people chatting. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't matter. 
it, it, what I measure it on is how much talking I do. Because if I'm not talking, neither's chat. And if totally. chat's not talking, then you know, streams tough. Yeah. So think about think know. about it this way, because this is a, this is an interesting way of thinking about it. When you're sitting down streaming, talking to just nine to ten people, it's just like you're talking in front of nine to ten people in front of you. You're yeah. able to engage, you're able to conversate, and everyone has some sort of input. But when there's a hundred or even like the huge streamers on YouTube's, when there's thousands of people listening yeah. and contributing, imagine if that was. In you can't keep up with that chat. Yeah, that chat's not being read. You don't keep up with that chat at all. You don't get to engage with those people one-on-one. Um, you, you'll end up with people that will stay say the same thing over and 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 over again because you didn't acknowledge them. It's and like then it just becomes a shit They get timed out. Yeah, exactly. Read my Exactly. And so where's the value in that? You know, honestly, you know, where's the value in that? No, it's it's really hard. That's why you see like a lot of really big creators like won't stream because of that, because it's like it's a different it's a different it's a different experience for them. You know, they don't yeah. have that. And um, I guess like maybe their members only streams or whatever. I guess they could maybe do that. But I've been the person chatting when there's been like one or two people. You know what I mean? On In the chat. And I've been like the active chatter and it's so fun as well. Like I've enjoyed it. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, yeah. And then, like, it's especially for, like a good streamer and stuff like that. And then like, I, I you also like, I don't know, like I, and I try, like if I am sitting at my computer or like actually able to like text on my phone, like I'm not driving or doing something else, I will be an active participant because I know how much it is to be on the receiving end of that and how much it fuels and continues the stream and the conversation as well. You know, it's like, it's totally you're as a streamer, you are so dependent on your chat. It's insane. Mm. Especially if you're doing it by yourself. Yeah. That's half the stream right there. The chat. Yeah. So it's in essence, like, you know, when you stream, when you do stuff like that, you're, you're building your, you're building your own type of community and that's, basically what we we can all appreciate is your own little thing dan you have a you play a big role where you are in the world with lego can you tell everybody what you do outside from the whole social media platform for lego and the community um yeah sure so i i guess it started for me um probably about seven or eight years ago now um with Essentially, it started with my son wanted to go. We'd, we'd seen a, a thing on TV about a brick show in Christchurch, and he asked to go to the Wellington brick show. And uh, so I looked around, and there was no such thing in, in the Wellington area where I live. And um, so I contacted some people from Christchurch via Facebook, and they would talk, talk to me about this thing called a lug and what a lug was. And I had no idea what it was at that point in time. Uh, and then a couple of months went by, and somehow crazy how i sort of fell back into lego just because of that essentially and i started buying lord of the Rings sets and um so i I decided to reach out to some people and ask if they wanted to start this thing called a lug and um that's where wellington lego user group started from so we started well lug um there's a group of four of us in the beginning which then grew to six which grew to ten and i think it was about the first six or eight people in the group decided we'd try and run a show. So we ran our first brick show at a school uh, in Lower Hutt, not far from where I live. And we had seven and a half thousand people through the doors over two days at this little school hall with 
what we thought was going to be 10 exhibitors ended up being about 29, I think it was, in the end. Nice. Wow. Uh, the youngest being five. And, uh, you know, we honestly thought, God, what, what the heck is a five-year-old going to bring to a Lego show? And uh, we thought, oh, what have we got to lose? But uh, Tane bought some really cool stuff, and he's still in the lug, and he's, uh, was he 12-odd now? And he's still hardcore into Lego. He does a lot of military stuff, Shy. So, you know, he's, he's right into that. He, yeah. he actually buys a lot of stuff from Brickmania and... <laughs> Brick arms and stuff cost the poor little boy all of his money. But, um, <laughs> you know, we, we grew and developed Well Lug for, well, it's been growing and developing since its inception seven years ago. Um, I was the president of that club for five years. And then I stepped down two and a half years ago when I had my um, sort of mental health issues with PTSD. Um, but in that meantime, whilst running the lug, I also helped uh, other lugs around the country start as well. Uh, so a lot of people, because when we started Well Lug, there was only two other lugs in the country. There's Christchurch and Auckland, and both of those groups were quite insular. Um, and when we started Well Lug, we thought it would be quite uh, transparent. So a lot of people came to us for advice. Um, I dished out advice of what we did, essentially, which wasn't anything special. Um when we got the lug recognized, we had no idea what that meant, but it meant that Lego supported us as a group uh, and then again helped other groups start up. As I think I've helped a total of four other lugs around the country start. Uh, I generally travel to most of the brick shows around New Zealand and in 2019, I went to every single brick show, uh, every major brick show in the country, which was 13 in the space of 12 months, plus one in Australia. New Zealand has that um, many brick shows in a year. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, because we have. Dude. So now this is the thing. <laughs> there was two. There was two lugs prior to Wellington, and now there is. Uh, there's two in Auckland, one in Hamilton, uh, one here in Wellington, one in Christchurch, one in Dunedin, one in Southland. So we've got seven recognised groups here at the moment, uh, and we've got a couple of spark groups as well where. Um, you know, they're just sort of getting started and establishing and whatnot. So it's it's we have a very active um, sort of AFOL community. On top of that, I also started a Facebook group for adult fans in New Zealand, well, just Lego fans in New Zealand, and that has like 5,000-odd members in it or something like that. And, yeah, so things just grew and grew and grew and grew. And, um, yeah, the, the AFOL community or the Lego community in New Zealand has become very active. Um, very supportive of each other and mostly you know this like every group is is its characters and its politics uh and i'm one of those ones that probably is a little bit more outspoken than i should be um there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> sometimes my mouth works faster than the brain but hold on um, i need to interrupt you right quick because i'm still quantifying the amount of uh of love that your country has likes. for lego yeah what's your population in your country Ish. Uh, five five million, five point one million, five point some million. Okay, probably, so probably less than Los Angeles. Oh yeah, it's way less than Los Angeles. It's about like maybe <laughs> seven small cities within LA. Um, yeah. but we only have one lug with fifty people in it and two shows. That's it. Actually, I think we might have two because I think I found a lug down here too. What is? Well, this? you are, but you're in the you're in the IE though. 
Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. You're naive. <laughs> um, okay, but so in I'm LA lug, LA lug is a, is the famous one that like helped out the, the, the movie. They're the ones that helped out with those guys. But we um, have one lug as well. It's just called Bay Lug for yeah, all, Bay lug. Of, all of yeah. the all of you the have SF tricky area. lug too. Yeah, but they they yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> See that that's crazy. A lug with fifty people in it. Our lug in Wellington, we have one hundred and ten active members, and for our last brick show, we had about one hundred and twenty exhibitors. And that's not, you know, wow. so it's not every single lug member. It's not, not even them. We have others that aren't even members of the lug. Uh, that and that, like, you know, that's um, that's probably average. I don't know. I feel like I feel like in LA at least, um, there's a lot of people who love Lego. There's a, a ton, but they're not connected. Hmm. I at mean, all. yeah. Show going to a show though is kind of like. Like a, the next step, mm-hmm. like uh, to the yeah. fandom, yeah, yeah. And it, I don't know. It depends on what you're that step. Yeah, yeah. It, it depends on what your lug prioritizes as well. So, when we started, or when I started, well, lug, uh, the shows were they were important, but they weren't the priority. Uh, the priority was the membership. So, what was most important to me when I was running the lug was making sure that our members got as much out of it as possible. And I don't mean money because nobody got any money. You know, we raised, uh, we got money from our shows. We charged uh, a gold coin to get in, which is either $1 or $2, um, you know, for the first five or six shows or 10 shows or however many, we'd, we'd make five ten thousand $10,000 out of those shows and we'd give half of that to charity and the other half would go into the Lugs bank account. Um, none of the committee team got paid for anything, but we'd made sure that all the support that came from Lego was shared uh, not equally, but it was given to the you know the people that were at the shows or the people that came to our club day. We had a club day every month, and you know we had one guy whose sole focus was to make those club days enjoyable and have activities and talks and things to engage with because that was what was important. Mm-hmm. And then that so, just sort of grew the community from that. So our club day was the most important thing about our lug because it was when people came to the club day and they felt comfortable mm-hmm. around everybody else and got to know each other and became friends. And that's where collaborative uh, collaboration started. That's where loaning of parts started or, you know, uh, I, I'm into Star Wars. I'm into Star Wars. Hey, let's get together and put on a massive Star Wars display at the show or, right. you know, and that took a while. That took probably a couple of years for that to grow mm-hmm. and become sort of, you know, the core of the group. And then that grew the shows and then the shows got bigger and bigger, but we still make sure that uh, those club days are the most important part of our activity. It's almost like a a lug event. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's it's like a club. It's just like any sports club, you know, I don't know over there, but here we have, you know, sports clubs for for kids sports essentially are very volunteer focused based run. Mm-hmm. you know around volunteers and and this is essentially a, a you know a lego club for adults although the, you know we do have kids and teenagers there as well so it's not exclusive um it's very inclusive uh, anybody can come we have it at a venue as well which i think is really important it's always my first piece of advice don't do club meetings at somebody's house because people don't feel comfortable going to other people's houses go to a venue, use a church hall, use a school hall, use a town hall, whatever the hell you can use. 
um, feels, you know, it's, it's got to be somewhere where people feel comfortable to go. Yeah, it feels more professional that way, I feel also. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's that's basically what I've been doing for essentially the last seven years. So uh, it's not my job. I would love it to be my job. Um, uh, but uh, Lego – You and, enjoy it, though. You love well, it. I love it. You? you know, I yeah. love it. I, I you know, I work with um, – so our, our club, our lug works with a local retailer as well because – uh, we only just recently got a Lego brand retail store in Auckland. Um, oh, congratulations. Not... Yeah, thanks. It's only an eight-hour drive for me. <laughs> oh. um, uh, that's yeah. that's not owned by the Lego group. That's owned by... Oh, uh, it's Rekto Recognized. Yeah, we're all called. What is it? Certified Lego store. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, so prior to that, you know, we have a couple of main retailers in the country. So we work closely with our local retailer and that's formed a good relationship there. And, um, you know, we work together on other projects and yeah, it's just a really, really tight knit community here in New Zealand because New Zealand is a pretty small place. Yeah. But the, you've definitely built something there or at least helped build something that's more of a connection to everybody, which is, is, is something that any club of any type of, of hobby can only ask for. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I would say that I've definitely played a part in it. And, you know, there'll be people that will say that uh, not everything that I've done has been positive. And, and even I will say not everything I've done has been positive, but uh, you don't know what you're doing until you try it. And some mm-hmm. things work and some things don't. And, you know, I'm the first to admit when I make a mistake or, that something's not working, um, you know, nothing's perfect, no one ever is. And uh, I think what's important is I've never done it for my own gain, ever. And I still struggle now with the thought of trying to monetize some form of Lego business going forward, which is actually what I'm trying to do. I'm, I'm looking at starting a team building type organization using Lego as the as the vehicle, doing Lego serious play and stuff going forward. But uh, even I, I struggle with that even, you know. Why? So to, uh, because I've never done it for money. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's always been for love and for fun and for the for the greater good of the community, I guess, which sounds really cliche. Do you but think now, like, But do you think that it's like you wouldn't enjoy it as much if you did it for monetary gain or – people wouldn't respect you the same way if they did it, if you did it for monetary gain or a combination of both or Would you feel like a quote unquote sellout. Some people mm, say. I wouldn't feel like a sellout. I would feel, yeah, I feel like what Claire said, um, probably that people would lose respect because I've always been on the side of you've got to do what's best for the community. Um, but, but that was when I was with the lug and I'm not with, you know, I'm still with the lug as a member, but I'm not running the lug now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so for my thing is, is by doing corporate team building stuff, I'm hoping that the corporates are going to end up paying or subsidizing my time that I'm going to spend in schools. And at the moment, I volunteer uh, some time at a local school working with four underprivileged uh, kids who just want to build Lego, but they don't have access to it. So I give them a list of, of you know, some of the stuff in my collection and they pick what they want to build. And I just go in there each week and we sit down and they just build and we talk and, you know, it's really rewarding and enriching for me because, you know, I thought it would be just like, oh, these kids are just going to grab these Lego sets and they're just going to build and I'm not going to have anything to do. 
but they struggle to even recognize what some of the parts are when they're lying upside down or lying on the side because they're not used to looking at it like we are and i take that for granted Mm -hmm. so to be able to go and and share that with these lads and just chat with them um and you know these kids are 11 so um you know we just talk about what's going on in the week you know what they like about lego what they want and it's really good for them um Mm -hmm. that's awesome and yeah so i want to sort of balance balance the work between the two of them there yeah i mean uh, like I don't, I I think like, would you, would you judge anybody if they like did that? If they like figured out a way to like monetize like the Lego so that they could essentially pay it forward, like what you're doing? Cause I think you're probably being too hard on yourself as I would, I would also be because like you, you, you've already established yourself. Do you know what I mean? People already know your intentions. And the thing is, is like, there's nothing wrong with like artists charging for their work or nonprofits needing money to function or do you know what I mean? It's like these things, it's like, you know, and we know that it's like rationally speaking, it's like, you know, that like people need money and institutions need money and everybody like that's just, that's the system we live in. Right. Is, is to pay it forward and things that can make the biggest impact have the most money. Right. Like why are we upset at tech companies for not, doing x y and z because they're so powerful they can do so much right it's like and when they do something it makes a massive impact and i don't know i think grant long story short i'm saying you know don't don't let that stop you because it's like you know you've already i'm sure you'll find a way to still be impactful to the community and if anything it might just make it easier for you to do that yeah yeah i know what you're saying and you know when i started the lug and you know for the first five, six years of doing things, I was, you know, self-employed and earning a, mm-hmm. a reasonable amount of money. Uh, and then the mental health came and kicked me in the ass. And, you know, I've got to figure out a way to move forward. And everything that yeah. I'd done prior to my mental health issues was all emergency services, you know, frontline mm-hmm. healthcare, military. And I'm not going back to that kind of work. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was easy for me to sit back and and say that, you know, I was never going to do Lego for gain when I was running the lug when I was, when I had a wage, but now I need to make a living and uh, Lego is the way forward for me. It's my passion and I want to share it with these kids. And if I've got to do corporate team building gigs on the side to, to subsidize that, then so be it. I mean, you're doing what you love. There's nothing wrong to get paid doing what you love. It doesn't feel like work. Mm. You know, you'd never be punished for that. And you're spreading, you're spreading a Lego at a corporate level. You know what I mean? Like who knows like what parents or what people are going to get influenced and impacted from that. You know what I mean? You might, you might bring in more people. Like I could see someone being like, Oh my God, I love Lego. When I was a kid, this was so great. Asking you like, how can, what, what can I do? You're going to bring more people Mm. into the lug that way. Like there's so many things. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I talked to anybody until I was blue in the face about Lego. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, yeah. I, you know, my wife would, would be out and someone would say something about Lego. It would come up in conversation, not even by me. Yeah. And someone would bring it up and, and she'd just like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my wife please, is just please, saying, for the love of God, why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, 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 do, I, I do love talking about it because <laughs> there, almost everybody, almost everybody, if not everybody, in the developed world has has seen or probably had some form of access to Lego or Lego-like blocks. Yeah. yeah. 
some experience exactly there's some story to tell or something yeah. some memory to like for recap. sure yeah exactly for sure. yeah like i've and said it's it cross-generational oh yeah no uh, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. like everyone can relate like um like 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 i said before like you know how many people i've brought into this room who are very i'm just say straight up straight up killers that that's what they were in the military and like they're very they they maintain that very machismo toughness into their civilian world and like but when they come in here it's like that 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 persona that they project they is completely like yeah broken mm-hmm. down and yeah. you can see the that innocence in their eyes that like that you that they have not exhibited mm-hmm. like in decades yeah. it's play it's play like people stop playing it's like adults stop playing completely and mm-hmm. you can use Lego in so many ways. It can be like an art form, an education, mm-hmm. um, a, a therapy for cognitive rehabilitation and spatial, right. you know, whatever. There's so many things that you yep. can do um, with it. But at the end of the day, it's 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 still like a toy for all of its best in, in all the best ways that it's still a toy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I mean, yeah. they say model building is isn't that kind of like an adult hobby? Like this would be the same thing. Yeah. I feel. Yeah, pretty much yeah. is. And it's a thing. Even the 18 plus sets are essentially still toys. You know, they the designers still build in the little Easter eggs. They still yeah. build in the functionality. They still build in the things that are going to keep those adults engaged with the vast majority of those sets. Again, probably the exception being art. There's literally no functionality with art whatsoever <laughs> except, to, except to look at it. You know, don't get me wrong. I, if you're into art and you like to look at it, then that's mm-hmm. cool. I've got some art, um, but when you look at something like the T2 camper and the way that that thing is constructed, it's just amazing. And if you're, you know, if you're tactile and visual Mm -hmm. and, and even with the mental stimulus of having to concentrate on the instructions, you're right. Yeah. Lego is a universal language unto itself. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it's, it is a, you know, you can, there's a lot to say about it in terms of, you know, uh, it it being a corporation, it being, you know, um, a, a plastic product, you know, a trash filler, a dust collector, you know what I mean? There's like so many negatives that you can, you can put to it and, you know, it's addictive. It does like the limited cycle thing. It's like a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a consumer product that, that we over consume, especially our, our, our small demographic of, of, of intense collectors. But but I think overall it does it does more more good than harm at least at least right now. Yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, I think it it always has. Yeah, it's really up to them to to be sustainable. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's damaging, and it's not even the product that does it. I think it's like certain parents, you know, and I just like you know sometimes you go into these Lego stores and you see kids like buying so much stuff, and it's like it's kind of weird. I don't know why. I don't think mm. that's a good thing. Maybe it's just like my old school way of growing up or whatever, but like kids getting everything they want all the time doesn't strike me mm. as like a good thing, but I don't know, yeah. but that's just Pro- consumerism and, and that's. Yeah. And it's issue. because you understand the value of what those kids are getting and those kids don't understand the value of what they're getting. They have no clue how many hours it took for their parent to work, to, make that money. to buy that Lego set, you know, yeah. whereas yeah. we know that. You know, and that's one yeah. of the lessons that my son learned early on when he, you know, 
he was, I think he was about 15 when he got his first part-time job after school because he needed to go, he wanted to go on a trip to Europe mm-hmm. through school. And we paid the first two grand and he had to pay the other five himself. And that was the deal. So he went on a part-time job and then he realized, and, and that was exactly what he did. He started calculating things by man, uh, by hours. Hours. Worked. And yeah. it was funny. It was it's, funny. You know, he, he would even look at things like the phone, uh, the phone bill or the power bill. And he would go, it'll take me like three weeks to pay that off. Like, yeah. 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 You're right. <laughs> so he has a very, yeah, it, he's very appreciative. of. Stuff it's really that. good how that, yeah. I think it's important to still do that. Also, like knowing your own value and how much you can make and not wasting your time also doing other things. Do you know what I mean? That's also, I think, really important too. Mm -hmm. Um, being like, oh, well, okay, instead of like, you know, mowing my lawn, I can actually go do my job and make more money than like paying somebody to mow my lawn. And then I'm also in, you know, I'm taking part in the, you know, in the local economy and supporting somebody else because that's that's what they need to do. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. like, Anyway, I don't know how I, that was, but yeah, I guess you could use that analogy. <laughs> yeah, we could use that analogy to like, for your, like, for, you know, your, hopefully your future endeavors in Lego, it's like you going and, and doing that, you're going to transfer that over, you know what I mean? Into, yeah. into back into the community some way, you know, and whether it's your Twitch community, your YouTube community, your New Zealand community, Wellington community, the lug, there's like so many things that you're part of and you have so many touch points, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Which another one would be, Land, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you are a part of land, and you, you know, it. If you were to look at it at face value, just based on the numbers back then, you would wonder why, without realizing how much you've contributed to the Lego community. And I feel like a lot of people on this platform think that they're it; they're the spokesman for Lego, um, without and forgetting that there are other contributors to communication into the Lego group. Um, that being lugs, uh, blogs, if you want to go that way. Um, and you know, various other media platforms that, you know, it's just not YouTube and you, you got in with the numbers that you've had in here, but you've utilized, you've utilized, I'm not, I'm not hitting on your thing, but you've made it a point at a, one of our, you know, at Ryan's, uh, podcast on, um, oh my God, what was it? Yeah, that was a while ago. See, Ryan, why'd you stop? Yeah, bricks and bits. Um, Mm -hmm. But you made it a point that, you know, what got you in there was having a community. And Mm -hmm. I think you've, Mm -hmm. you know, you've proven it even before you even got onto YouTube Mm -hmm. platform, um, Mm -hmm. you know, based on on Twitch, uh, which you've mentioned. Um, Can you, like, kind of describe how that process worked for you? Because I think you were uh, one of the first that were wasn't well known at the time. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna keep hitting it because there's a point to it. And then uh, yeah. you, you got in like it, it number that, that was yeah, like one did. of the first times that numbers don't matter. It doesn't. Yeah, it did. Um, it didn't matter. Uh, in in my case, clearly. <clears throat> so I had obviously I not hating been... whatsoever. I'm just bringing. No, that's the point. fine. That's fine. <laughs> I, it's it's something that I don't really mind talking about because. But not now, anyway. For the first couple of years uh, in the land, I I got attacked reasonably frequently about it um, because of my lack of so-called numbers and things like that. Is and I get it, you know, I get it. When when the land has traditionally admitted people into uh, being an RLFM based on numbers of of subscribers or viewers or whatever it was. 
and people get knocked back who have 10 times more than you have, people are going to get upset. I get it. You know, I get it. Uh, fact of the matter is, is one, first thing, I didn't make the decision that was made by the AFOL team. The second thing was, was that you've got to give them something and you've got to give them something that's different or something that they want in a sense. And it's hard to know what it is that they want. So if you don't apply, you don't know. And that was my attitude. Uh, I had been an ambassador for Wellington Lego user group for five years. I had stepped down from that. I So I had a little bit of a knowledge as to what um, the direction that Lego were wanting to move forward on. Um, not that that helped at all. Uh, but it gave me the confidence to just throw my hat in the ring. And to be fair, I'm going to be straight up honest with you. When I first applied to be an RLFM, I wholly and solely expected to get knocked back. What I was hoping for from that knockback was advice on how to move forward. When I got the acceptance letter a few months later, I nearly fell out of my chair. I had to read it four times. I had to get my wife to come down and read it. And I was like, D -d -d what does this say? She's so like, you got, you're you got in. accepted the first, you're uh, in. The first time you, you got applied? accepted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. nice. You're in. And I'm like, no, nah, I can't be. I don't, have enough of a num I don't have enough numbers on Twitch. I certainly don't have anything on YouTube. I had less than 40 subscribers on YouTube. And, you know, a couple hundred on Twitch. It's like nothing. And she said, you're in. And, and you know, so I was surprised in my own sense there. But what it came down to in the end, because, I you know, I've talked to them about it at length. And, uh, you know, about a well, within a week of getting accepted into the land, somebody had gone and obviously checked out all of the statistics of mine from YouTube, from Twitch, and from my Facebook page and stuff like that. And you know, had put all of that on the land and said, how, how did this guy get into the land? How? And uh, I just sat back and watched really, because I had no, uh, nothing to really say at that point. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, their explanation was, you know, it's not always about how much you have, but it's about what potential you may give. Um, this is also, you know, a bit of history there as well with starting the, the, the user group. Um, with being involved with other lugs that have started being more of a representation of the physical community as well as uh, an establishing online community in New Zealand at that point in time. Uh, and I genuinely in myself believe that, you know, location did have something to do with it. There was no RLFM based here in New Zealand. So I am the first, uh, no, sorry, I'm not the first, but at the time that I applied, I am the only one here. Um so I think that helps as well. I think having a relationship around in the physical community helped a lot. Uh, organizing shows, working with Lego New Zealand, working with local retail, and and that ability to be and want to work within those wider community sectors was more important to them than the numbers that I had online. I so mean, yeah, so That's for them, it was about what physical influence was I actually making within or impact, I should say, within my own community rather than the digital space. Because and the numbers, yeah. The way that I see it is Lego have their advertising budget, which is millions and millions and millions of dollars. And if they want to create an ad for a set to play for 10 year olds for a Star Wars set, for example, they'll make that ad. If they want to sell sets to adults, they need adults to talk to adults. And and that's what I've done for a long time. So I think that went a long way to um, to my admission into the land. 
Um, and then after that, I sort of, sort of, you know, I did question it, uh, and I questioned my own self worth, and I questioned the worth of of my reach within my community, within the growth of um, Twitch, YouTube, whatever. I always look at everything that I get from the land, and I think if I get this set, this you know three hundred dollar set from the land, what value am I giving them? You know, I don't have a hundred thousand subscribers, and it's not going to get ten thousand or a hundred thousand views. I don't have a million subscribers. I'm not in the business of providing them with numbers that are just exorbitant. That's not me. That's not how it works. So what is my value? And I questioned that for a long, long time. And it just comes back to that fact of, like, are you trusted within your community? Yes. Do people listen to what you say within your community? Yes. You know, can you feed back information from your community back through to Lego? Yes. Can you provide them with data and fact and a mature conversation? Yes. Is that what they want? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. So all of these things are all part of what it is to be in the land. It's, in my opinion, not wholly and solely based on how many views you get. It's more about what reach you have, what actual physical reach you have, and how you apply that. And whether that's on the scale of tens of thousands, like some of the biggest, you know, you look at the Beyond the Brick, the Brothers Brick, those guys can reach out and touch thousands and thousands of people in a day through a blog. You know, people like me will reach out and touch maybe a few hundred people a day, or we will physically talk to 10 or 20 people a day. Um, and we listen and we learn and we take that stuff back. And those micro influencers, I consider myself a micro influencer. I think those micro influencers that we're able to decipher and bring back and take out real-time data, real-time analytics, real-time just the feel for the community and represent that and be trusted to do so, I think is, is super important. And um, you can see now that in the land, there are a few more micro-influencers in the land. There are more Twitch streamers in the land. Uh, there are other um, communities that have a lot less subscribers than normal. Uh, and, you know, the land themselves, Lego themselves, have the right to be able to fill the gaps that they think they need to fill. They're, they're looking to sell products. They are a business and they are in the business of selling Lego. And if they need or want an RLFM based in Mexico and there's somebody there that's going to apply, and I know they are because my current mentee is based in Mexico, um, they're going to fill that gap. So... You know, my thing is, is for anybody that wants to be in the land, work on really cementing your community and, and getting to grips with your community and what information that you can provide to them, as well as feedback to Lego. You need to be open. You need to be honest um, and apply. And if you get knocked back, apply again and listen to the feedback and apply again um, because you don't know. You just don't know where they're at at any given time, you know, and I'm living, breathing proof that you don't have to be a massive 100,000, 200, 300, 500,000 plus subscriber YouTube channel to get there. Which you is true. You just have to be able to prove your worth. Your worth, yeah. 
Plus, yeah. you did do a lot before that, so you have a lot more under your oh, belt. Than yeah, you. yeah. There, there is that. more than just that. <laughs> yeah. There is that. Um, and, you know, and I've heard Ryan joke about it as well. I heard him joke about it with Greg one time back on one of his things. Oh, hey, if you want to, you know, be in the land, you got to move to some country where there's no RLFMs. Yeah, that may well have been my case. That may well have been my luck. Right. And if it was, I'm thankful for it. Hey, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, take look, it. I, I'm thankful for every little thing that I get from the land, every opportunity, whether it's to make a video for them and chuck it up on their channel, whether it's that they send me some review copy stuff, um, everything that, that or every opportunity that I've had over the last couple of years has been amazing. And I share that a lot with my community. I often give away a lot of the support. I like to run competitions. I ran a big competition last year. Um, Quite often I'll give away sets that I get that I'm not really that interested on. I'll never say no for a review set because there's always something positive to be taken out of a set. But if I'm not going to keep it, I will give it to someone like the um, Coliseum. I gave that to my sister. She teaches classics at a high school. And I built it twice. I built it oh, once. God. To, <laughs> I built it once to do a speed build for uh, for video. And then I pulled. I took it to a show because it uh, released that week. I oh, know, sorry, it, it was announced that weekend of the show. It didn't make it home uh, very well, so I pulled it apart. We sorted it, and then I rebuilt it on stream. And then you I gave it to my sister. It. Yeah, yeah, we sorted it. Did you my sort wife it? And I. Uh, we like sorted it back to bag part. lot. Oh, wow. yeah, back to bag lot. And uh, you know, I swapped out all the cool colored stuff and put in light blue gray so all of the stuff underneath that you don't see all the nice colored plates and things like that i swapped it all out so i can use nice. those yeah. you know i can use those look i've got a massive parts collection i build mocks um and then i gave it to my sister and it's in her classroom yeah. um actually i got her in on a live stream uh towards the end of building it on the second or third live stream that i did and she looked at it and she was able to name all of the because it's different heights and each height has a different uh, Claire, this is probably your specialty That's being an architect, just... right? <laughs> um, but, you know, they all have their different layers, the Torque, whatever Lego else. should have sent her that set. Yeah, right? You're not wrong. Um, but she said it was really accurate. She said it was very, very You're accurate. Muted. So she you uses did. it. Oh, sorry. She like the column? A... Oh, yeah. Like Corinthian, yeah, Doric, just... Ionic, all that stuff. That's, that's the one. Yep. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah you know I'm, I'm quite happy to share my um you know the things that lego send me as well so um yeah i don't know i i'm just i'm very thankful and yeah i i think and i hope that i've helped uh to change the attitudes of the afl engagement team to look at micro influences more uh, because i think we do play an important part in getting their message out to um to the community mm-hmm mm-hmm well, awesome. with all that being said, are you going to apply, Shy? <laughs> I was thinking about it. I mean, Claire and I have been going back and forth with it. Um, just how how we would brand ourselves for it, that benefit. I mean, I already know what I would do with the, all those sets. Like, I already have, like, an idea of what I would do with all those sets, and it wouldn't be reviewing them unless it was one to be reviewed. Like, I would, use, I would literally, if someone takes my idea, screw you but good on you for taking that idea like i yeah, was literally gonna go yeah yeah you made this far i was literally gonna take all these like i'll get like a bunch of the same sets or similar in value and go to like local vfws and for uh, uh veterans of foreign wars um establishments and talk to older veterans and or maybe veterans of myself the same war 
um, and build Lego with them and give them the sets. Because uh, I've, I've been in groups where that type of stuff and that type of activity would be Lego would definitely be a benefit for them. Mm-hmm. So that's I already tr- want to do that now, and I do that in other ways with the with my motorcycle club. But like, I feel like if I would have another way of providing something, I think that would be an awesome linkage to you know. Even though Lego doesn't do military, there are a lot of veterans like you and I, Dan, that you know benefit greatly from the you know from lego and there's so many so many veterans out there in in the communities that you know they were not represented kind of but it's fine we get it i'm not i'm not arguing that that notion but like mm. we we benefit from from the brick and would I feel you like consider recording that interview style you know maybe really casual and then just posting short videos and, and let that vet tell their story so oh, that yeah. they get a voice Most, as well. Yeah. If because I'm I think, if they allow me to do that, that's totally fine. Cause you know how that can get. Yeah, but I think if that's the way, if that's how you're gonna package it to uh, you know, to propose to Lego to become an RLFM around that, if that's your media outlet, just giving vets a voice, uh, letting them talk about their stories whilst building Lego and then posting that, it's still I think that's a really awesome idea. Yeah, but thank I you. Yeah, that, yeah, that is that, an awesome yeah. idea. I've been th- contemplating that for the past like year. Yeah, I'd love know. to start a veteran support group doing Lego building. Um, you know, but I'm not a I'm not a counselor, and <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I feel like because I know how vets operate, you know, and I feel like vets would would be okay with just sitting in a room with a bunch of other vets with Lego on the table, just clicking bricks together, even if they were building nothing at all. But just, again, it's the similar uh, principle of using Lego with, uh, you know, people with autism. The Lego becomes the language. It becomes um, the universal language that tears down the barrier of communication. And I feel like with vets just sitting around a table, um, no no cameras, no recording, no nothing. This is just a simple bunch of people just talking. Um, the Lego would become the equalizer. That's what brings everybody to the same level, and it breaks down those walls, break down those barriers, talk, let the conversation flow. And I don't really feel like that would need uh, a counselor as such. But if somebody was going to end up in crisis because of a conversation, and you don't know people's mental stability, that's my biggest concern. So that's one yeah. of the reasons why I've sort of held back from doing something like that because I don't have the skills. Um, but you to, know how it is though like people but people with like with, with what you and i have like sometimes all it takes a com- is a conversation like that's all you yeah need absolutely to someone and listen to you it doesn't matter yes. if they understand or not it's just yeah just just hear me say these 20 sentences yes and that and that's where it's a real catch 22 because i think there'd be a lot of benefit to it Mm-hmm. But then there'd be one person that would end up in crisis and be like, well, crap, what am I going to do? <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not qualified for this. And then is it your fault? And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I've, I've been on the other end of the. Yeah. I guess, like, one. I guess, how is it, you know, how people will be like, oh, let's just like, let me buy you a drink and we'll like talk. This is like a month. Yeah. You're not responsible if you buy that person a drink and they, you know, go off. Gotcha. This, is a, this is like a much safer space. I think it's just like the formality of creating a group that I agree there is risk to that that would have to be kind of 
you'd have to yeah, make you need, a very you need to mitigate that responsibility somehow. Exactly. Yeah. Because you don't want that to come back down on you. I actually mm. I think that's a really good point. Um but that would be a really cool use of that that would be the community that you would create. Is there a way that you could do that shy with you know without land support just yet? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. now that I have the free time that I wanted, I could actually go forward with it. I have a bunch of stuff that I know I'm never gonna build. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's something that I'm contemplating. I just have to, they have to open up because a lot of these, orga- a lot of these organizations, they're, uh, they're still closed because of uh, a lot of them are old. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, that's the reason why I haven't really gone through forward with the idea, but there's a lot of other people that I've done already. Like I've literally already done it. I just don't record it. don't talk about it because you know, a lot of that stuff is personal. Um, is there any yeah, like it- reason to like not start your own lug? That's like kind of maybe that lug that lug yeah that would be pretty cool there's a a veterans facebook group yeah i just got invited to get on and i'm finally on it um it's it's still very small very very small and but it's been going for a number of years Mm -hmm. um but the thing is shy and i and i know what vets are like as well but um the other thing you know another way to to try and to try and sort of frame this is around, you know, it's, it's a way that you approach it. And because you're a veteran, I think you'll get a lot more respect out of uh, other vets when you ask the question of, Hey, you know, do you want to tell your story? And yeah. if so, can I record it? Because you understand and you know, you know, other veterans understand what you've gone through when they're a veteran themselves. But there's also that point where if people don't tell their stories, time's going to pass, things going to get forgot. And, and it's a way of, yeah. you know, leaving behind a legacy for for anybody mm-hmm. to see what happened and, and for people's stories to be honoured, you know, when time catches up with us all in the end, you know? Mm-hmm. That's smart. I like that. I think, I think everybody, I think everybody relates to that too. Do you know what I mean? Any Everybody can empathize with that and people want to hear other people's stories. Mm-hmm. Like, much so. do you know what I mean? It's just a lot of people don't have stories to tell, or at least they don't think they do. You know, everyone has a story to tell. Is yeah. why I, they think the stories are valid. Yep. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. There's nobody. I don't know anybody in land who's like doing that whole vet vet thing. No, I don't know anyone either. That'd be really cool. Well, I guess I'll run with that. <laughs> when it comes down to it, I guess I'll try it. And it's not, um, I don't think it would be forced. I think it's who you no. are and what you want to do. And you've already defined your channel in kind of that direction anyway. Yeah, you definitely yeah, built true. a community and everything. Yeah. I mean, I've done a lot for veterans already. Um, and like, I don't promote it. Like, I don't say much. Um, my motorcycle club was is a vet started motorcycle club. It wasn't like, uh-huh. it's not that way now. We're not all veterans, but a lot of us like formed into it because we can only really relate to each other. You know, that, that adrenaline behind a motorcycle, that, that brotherhood of like, I got your back no matter what type of feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the, you have the ability to be in a group setting where you're able to like, how many times I've broken down crying for no damn reason because I got really intoxicated or something else. And then I was, I would share something that was in, really inappropriate that my wife could not handle that mm-hmm. my brothers had to literally come into my house drag me outside and like literally beat the crap out of me until I woke up out of my, my, my trance of, you know, of, of, of darkness. So, yeah. and the only, only people that are able to get me out of that are, are them, mm. you know, like my wife has no idea how to deal with that. 
and I commend her for for being that way, like for staying with me that long for it. But you know, like I, I feel like Lego, it, it's a, it's 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 yeah, sorry, it's Lego. I think will be a great way to you know not have people do the th- things that we do to be able to get themselves better. But we 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 went off the point <laughs> of, of the conversation. Um, but yeah, I think I'm gonna run with that. What about you, Claire? <laughs> Honestly, like, I don't know. So, like, a lot of what I think is important is, like, um, the combination of, like, education when it comes to uh, and Lego. But I'm not a teacher. But I like, I like, I like design and I like history and I like talking about how, you know, these sets remind me of, of reality and design and stuff like that. But, like, I don't, I don't know. I think. I don't know where I'm at with the whole thing because I think there's a lot of really good people in land right now that are doing, you know, a good job and stuff. And like, I don't particularly know like what else I could bring to the table. Um, And I'm still also trying to like figure out what I want out of like my channel and my community and stuff like that. So I think I probably, I probably, I don't know. I don't know if this is the time. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I, and I'm still trying to understand like how I'm perceived versus like, you know, what I'm putting out there and how it's like getting, you know, interpreted, I guess, would be a good way of putting it. Yeah. Well, I'm happy that you're still here and I'm happy that you're going to continue to stay. I like you. Wait, what? I can see Sans in the reflection. So I know he's standing right there. Oh, you can see him in the reflection? Yeah, behind you. Of the minifig case, eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we notice it. We notice every time you walk in and out. (laughs) <laughs> it's typical wearing? military yeah. no yes yeah, military you know, we, we notice stuff like that like who comes in yeah, yeah it's just his head we just see his head yeah okay good okay good yeah why is he naked <laughs> no he's not naked but still it's nah, not he's got a not, dark colored top on he's yeah, not see ah, damn. yeah we notice bs like that yeah he's not internet ready that's for sure but yeah no like yeah no i don't know i i um so like I do my architect reviews videos, right? Which are like totally like me nerding out over these Lego sets, right? That are like buildings and stuff like that. And I love like taking like, you know, just like popping little bits of history and trying to make it like a little bit more palatable and like fun and playful. I learn a lot. Oh, good. I'm glad. But they're <laughs> interestingly enough, they're actually not super um successful because they don't have that you know they don't successful on like youtube you know how youtube is a funny space like that but people love them and the adult community that like watches me is super engaged with them and leaves amazing comments and i like love doing it for that so it's like it's like my channel is really I think the core is, are those videos, you know what I mean? And then a lot of it is obviously like vlog content and like who I am as a person or whatever, but, um, I'm, those are I'm really, really good by the way. Thank you. Thank you. So, so how, um, how is that not successful? Um, I think, that's, no, I, that's why I put quotes on it because I think they are successful, yeah. but they're not like, they don't have the YouTube numbers, you know, to like kind of back them up, I guess. So which not is successful in someone else's eyes. Yeah. How but, many subscribers do you have on your channel? Uh, 1700. Woo. Right. So I think I'm sitting just underneath that actually. Mm -hmm. And again, see, I I don't come back to it from the numbers point of view. I come back to exactly what you said, the, Mm -hmm. the engagement, the feedback. Um, that's what's important. And Mm -hmm. the other thing too is, and I was talking to, um, some new 
just starting a channel in mm-hmm. uh, Christchurch Brick Show just a few weeks ago. And I said to them, you know, don't focus on the numbers now because it'll drive yourself, excuse me, it'll drive yourself crazy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as you grow and as you form an identity around your channel, mm-hmm. you know, people will come back and look at those old videos as well. And you'll see the numbers continuously just, mm-hmm. you know, they'll still get views. Right. right. And I so, totally agree that they're like kind of the kind of, they're timeless, those videos. Like if you really think about it, it's not like a news video or something yeah. like that. It's, yeah. and that's what I keep doing. And they're really fun to do. They're definitely like more work. And I think what I'm going to do, and, and this is what I was kind of hinting at it at the beginning, but like, I think I'm going to be spending a lot more time on those kind of videos and just like increasing the quality of them and the editing and learning how to do a lot more technical stuff because that's what I did at yeah. my job. I was doing a lot of, te- you know, like why not teach myself new skills and yeah. then um, continue that community through Twitch or something like that. I think, yeah, I think a good thing about those videos also is they're not um, like, they're not time sensitive. You don't have to put it out at a certain time. Like you can mm-hmm. put it out whenever. And mm-hmm. it's gonna yeah. Be good. I, and, I, and those videos are always going to, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, it, those videos are always going to have a lower viewership in the short term because people aren't searching for them. So, you know, if, if today there's a, there's a press release today, people mm-hmm. see that picture on the Lego Instagram or the Lego Twitter or wherever they jump on YouTube and they search Harry Potter set and, they see 10 videos of whoever's put out their reviews Mm -hmm. or their press releases or whatever, because they're searching for it. It's in their face. Mm -hmm. The content that you create is not the sort of content people are going to jump on and go, uh, architecture, you know, (laughs) uh, uh, architect (laughs) education video. It's the sort of thing that will grow over time, but will constantly be watched. And that's the thing that's important to remember. And I think there's a real, um, there's a real niche and it's a really important to try and fill that education information space mm-hmm. in Lego videos, as opposed to news and reviews. And I that- hate doing review videos. I hate doing them. I do them because Lego send me the sets and I feel like I have to. And it's, you know, because I feel like I owe them the value of what it is that they've sent me. So I need to do something with it. But can't you do, they don't, they don't force you to do anything with them. Like you can, no, do, they don't. you can, you no, can do don't. something else, right? You can do like, I know you do the speed builds and stuff and like you yeah. put, you I'm know, just crap the, at making videos period. And I'd rather it. just live stream it. Um, um, but sometimes I'll make some YouTube videos to try and get those people to watch them, to come over to Twitch, to chat and talk. Lego do stuff. you ever like, been a you, grind. Have you thought about doing like highlights reels of your live streams, you know, taking them from Twitch and like putting some of them together and maybe like, I don't know, kind of cutting like some good moments featuring some of your community members, like some of the people that say, I don't know if how you can do that, but like if you some comments that are really good or something like that. See, now you're talking a young person's game, you know? Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm too old for this stuff, okay? Clipping, that's oh, editing. That's yeah, yeah they're really <laughs> editing. But, like, you have to you have to really, like, you're already making content by doing those live streams. Just, like, take advantage of the work that you're already yeah. doing. You know what Sounds I mean? Like you need or you just have a friend do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I don't have that flair when it comes to making videos and mm-hmm. stuff. I, I, I do watch other people's content, and mm-hmm. I'm like, God, I wish I could make videos like that. But, you know, it's it's not me. I'm not yeah. trying to make videos yeah. to look like somebody else. I'm just making my content, doing my thing right. and, you know, however it goes. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that the type of videos that you do are, are important. And mm-hmm. long term, they will have a greater impact. 
um, just it's just unfortunate that they unfortunate that not everybody knows that they exist. You yeah, should do I a quiz a... video. Well, I, I, you're, you're the only one who no one want no one likes. Oh yeah, school. put a prize yeah. at the end of it. A prize. I guarantee you, people are gonna watch your videos and understand something, and you're gonna teach oh. us something at the same time. Why don't I? Don't, yeah, I can't. Yeah, numbers. I guess. <laughs> anyway, I'm so I'm I'm gonna I'm getting I'm gonna like that, by the way. I gotta figure out how to do those videos like not on buildings. I think like I need to do like an architect reviews like this, like you know, like video car or something like that. I don't know how to do that. I don't know. That is not architecturally sound. You know what? It has to be. It has to be if there's a hot tub in the back. You know, but that worked in real life. It has existed. Have you never seen those limos that have? Yeah. Do they still do those now? I haven't seen one until I hit the brakes in a hurry. I don't think they're, par- yeah, exactly. I don't think they're particularly like COVID friendly, but did I just, yeah, right. Yeah. So before, before we delay and end this, um, last, I, I kind of want to touch on this before we, we killed it for tonight. Um, do you feel like you have a voice with the Lego group being this, the, you know, the, the person you are in the Lego space? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like most people have a voice, um, especially I, I definitely feel like that land ambassadors definitely have a voice and they're definitely heard. There is no doubts in my mind about that. If you have something to say to the land and you post a topic or you talk to any of the AFOL engagement team directly, they will listen and they will take constructive criticism and they will action it. Mm-hmm. If, you are going to stand on a soapbox on a platform and berate people that don't necessarily deserve beratement, um, then you're not going to get listened to uh, because the land expect uh, or have a certain expectation for engaged, uh, mature, to and fro, you know, conversation as an adult to adult type conversation, because that's mm-hmm. what we all are. We're all adults in there that they, they don't allow uh, anyone to be in the land un- or be an ambassador under the age of 18. And, um, you know, for, for want of just a silly example, I, I had a, a, we had a South Pacific or maybe it was an APAC, Australia, New Zealand Pacific call with, uh, an AFOL uh, engagement team member. And, you know, he asked if we had any feedback. And I just said, why do we not have a button on the website for adults? And he said, what do you mean? And I just said, look, you go to the website. It's all about the Lego sets. You've got to go searching for the stuff. If you if you don't know that those 18 plus sets are there, you're not going to find it from the homepage because mm-hmm. there was nothing on the, the, the Lego mm-hmm. website at that point in time. Um, within three days, they had the adults welcome on the website, and he sent a message saying, "Actions your feedback," you know. And then they started an entire adults welcome campaign out of that. You know, I think they just expected that people would know, and they they don't. People don't know. Uh, and you said, "Is our job as RLFMs is is to try and tell people?" But we don't have reach to everybody. Again, you know, there are a lot of people out there who are fans of Lego and adults who don't know Lego user groups exist who don't know that Lego shows happen, who don't know that RLFMs exist, who may watch some YouTube uh, on occasion and 
you know, may or may not be influenced in a certain direction around any of that. It's something that you need to go looking for. And, you know, if you are looking for a Lego group around you or a club or something like that, and you get on the internet and you search, what are you going to search? You're not going to search lug because you don't know the term lug exists. So you're going to search club. You're going to type in Lego club. And the first thing that's going to come up will be a million hits on a magazine. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. So, you know, feedback like that does get taken seriously. Uh, it does get listened to. You definitely have a voice. Uh, they definitely read and engage with all of the ambassadors as much as the ambassadors want to engage. And um, I even feel like that even the community in itself has a voice, um, even though it may feel like you're just a tiny little wee pebble in a huge lake of bureaucracy and and corporate BS, you know, they take every single piece of feedback that comes via their uh, call center and it's all analyzed. Every single call is analyzed. Um, I guess for another example, um, we have a lot of feedback out of New Zealand and Australia for that point that the shipping company that Lego had switched to two or three years ago was atrocious and whilst i never ever had an issue with the company every single parcel that i had purchased from lego over the last two years has turned up reasonably um uh, promptly and never ever damaged ever but i've heard stories where people had their packages thrown over the fence people that have had uh, packages that had said they were delivered but the old uh home camera system did not see anybody turn up on the doorstep anyway we accumulated a bunch of that information and i you know talked to the land about it i talked to the afl engagement team about it they talked to sydney office and that shipping company has now been changed i don't know how much of an impact that had uh another thing that was said over the last two years online complain 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 feedback to lego your your um your experience because you know keyboard warriors will jump on a facebook group slander the group uh sorry slander the uh the company but won't spend five minutes to do exactly the same thing back to the lego group themselves so if you're not going to take that time yeah yeah, then that feedback's going unheard you're just annoying other people on a facebook group so eventually you know that voice was heard and that change was made so yeah i've i've disagree when people say that there there is no voice and that they're a big corporate and they don't care um i i feel like they do care every call that i've been on they've listened they're always asking for feedback whether it's good whether it's bad whether it's atrocious Mm -hmm. they can't improve if they don't get feedback but they want constructive feedback you know and i don't think that's too much to ask i really don't think that it's too much to ask for constructive criticism. You know, destructive criticism is exactly that. It's destructive. You are nice. you are helping nice. to destroy confidence that this brand has built up over time. And I'm not saying Lego are perfect. Lego are not perfect. Lego make mistakes. Everybody right. makes mistakes. You know, they're working in a lead time of probably two years for a production for a set. And, you know, people will will shit on them about, well, surely you must have seen that happening. 
it's a very departmentalized company. You know, not everybody that works for the Lego group talks to everybody else. It's not a company with five people that all work in one office. It's a company with tens of thousands of employees across continents. So yes, there is room for things to go wrong and that's fine. We don't necessarily, you know, like it when things go wrong, but we don't have to be destructive about it either. You can be constructively critical. Um, and then they will listen, they will make changes and you will see improvements in the future, but you've got to allow that time as well for those improvements to be made. And if they do continue to make the same mistake over and over and over and over again, they're genuine. If they are genuine mistakes, then I think it's okay to call them out on it. If it's your opinion that they're making a mistake over and over and over and over again, then that's an opinion. And you're, you know, people are entitled to have their opinions but this is where AFOLs need to be a little bit more discerning in whether they are taking people's opinions as gospel or whether they're taking what actually happened or fact as gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fair way to put it. I mean, being tactful is something that a lot of people just don't know how to do, especially yeah, in then, the professional environment. Yeah, and then their message gets lost. It's like no matter what they're saying, it's like if they're not saying it, how it it can be received by the audience. It ends up getting, unfortunately, it, it's broken. Oh, for sure. You know, big voices can cause damage and, and can cause reputation um, harm. Um, small voices can cause damage yeah. and cause reputational harm. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going to be mature about it and if you're going to be part of the community or, or you know, mm-hmm part of the solution as opposed to part of the problem, then be part of the solution, you know, give the constructive feedback mm-hmm. um, instead of being destructive about stuff. But, you know, people are going to do what people are going to do. Um, I, I just implore people to look at both sides of the story. There are always two sides to every coin. Yep. And yes, Lego is a corporate. They're in the business of making money but they actually very much care about their, uh, their customers. They care about their employees. They care about um, a lot of other things outside of the group itself as well. They're actually a very, very generous company. And I've seen that not only as an RLFM or as an RLUG, but just as an individual as to, you know, being involved in some of these things of what they do, like with Fairy Bricks, for example, by, you know, giving them all the sets to offload to kids in hospitals and, yeah the amount of bricks that they they provide opportunities for to go to people that um, uh, don't have access to those bricks, you know. Their, their goal in the end is to get bricks into the hands of every kid so every kid can play and imagine and build. And I think that's an admirable goal. And we've all got our part to play in that if we so choose to. And I do so choose to. Mm-hmm. Well, doesn't make me a sellout. <laughs> <laughs> wow, no. you just brought it all the way back. <laughs> I hope you convinced yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it doesn't make me a sellout at all. You know, I've um, I've voiced my opinions on things that I'm not happy about with Lego on occasion, but I've voiced them in a constructive way. You know, and I've done it on the land. I've voiced my opinions on things, but again, I've done it in a constructive way. You know, because uh, I find that that's more helpful and. I definitely feel like you are probably taken more seriously when you um, are more constructive about things. I think it's just 
I think people have emotional response responses to things. And unfortunately, emotional responses like aren't perceived well. And, you know, that might change over time as people learn how to understand and navigate that kind of communication. Um, You know, like crying at work is still not okay. Like things like that. It's really like unfortunate and like having a tantrum is not acceptable. It just isn't. And um, that's just not the system that we live in. Mm. Yeah. People can't, can't work with that right now. At least right now we don't, people aren't, don't, aren't equipped to deal with that. Anyway. Yeah. And the, and the land itself is, mm-hmm. um, is an evolution or is always evolving as well. You know, it, it started off, I don't know when, 10, 15 years ago. I actually don't know how long ago it was, but I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's been around for more than a decade. And, you know, yeah. the day that it started compared to what's happening today, they're, they're chalk and cheese. They're completely different. And the land yeah. is a, is in constant state of evolution. Yeah. And it sounds like there's a bit yeah. of, growing pains happening there that needs to oh for sure but things can't change overnight you know they've got to go through processes they they've got to have Mm -hmm. um their own consultations within the 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 different departments that they need to keep happy as well because at the end of the day uh ambassadors aren't really lego's responsibility to keep happy you know they've got to keep happy their own internal processes and it's not up to uh up to the you know, the Lego group to provide information to ambassadors to keep them happy to make their YouTube videos so that they can make money. It's not how it works. The information that we get from Lego is basically a privilege, not a right. And Uh, I, I feel like we can get into like a whole conversation about that because that is a bit antiquated when it comes to companies believing that way about social media. That is the old way of thinking about that stuff. And I'm not saying that like Lego needs to think this way or doesn't need to think this way. Um, if you look at how other retail products uh, treat uh, social media, it's very, very different. It is not the modern uh, way of doing things, which is I, it, it's their choice to do that. And it's very clear that it's their choice to not do that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, look, don't get me wrong. It yeah. frustrates the heck out of me that I yeah. get information from Lego a month after everybody else has already heard about it because it's yeah. leaked. You know, don't yeah. get me wrong. That frustrates the heck out of me. Mm-hmm. But that's how they choose to do things. If they choose to change that in the future, mm-hmm. they're only going to change that based on constructive feedback from the people of which are benefiting from that information. So it still is a privilege for us to get that info. Not a right. Fair. That's Fair. their choice. So to make those changes, you've got to be constructive about stuff. And I think you know there's a massive trust game here as well. Mm-hmm. And I I can't remember the last time really that a, a, an RFM or a land member really got in trouble for leaking something hard mm-hmm. well before mm-hmm. it came out um, of information that they were provided as opposed to information they found somewhere else. I would be surprised. Like it's, I feel like that group of people was just the last to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yet they're always the first to be blamed because, yeah, you know, it seems like destructive people, you know, there's destructive things that have been said. So now it's the easy answer. Oh, it must've come from a land member. Uh, And, and, you know, a good example of this is the most recent leak of a 
football stadium. Mm -hmm. It was a photo of a box all around Instagram saying that a land member must have leaked it. Well, it can't have been a land member. You know why? Because they weren't even shipped by the time that leak came out. So the review copies hadn't even shipped. Yeah. It's come from a retailer, a retail partner or somebody who works in a warehouse who has access to it. And that's another biggest issue. And that's one of the best gripes is that, you know, there are so many holes in the colander, so to speak. It's impossible Mm -hmm. to plug them all. Mm -hmm. So that can be quite frustrating. Um, It's so interesting, though, that aren't there. I wonder, like, what other products out there have those same kind of, like, um, not leakability, but, like, things, like, information that can't get out, right? Um, There's all sorts of things, you know, movies. Um, movies get really protective about stuff being leaked because right. they don't want to spoil the the, the plot Lots. or the story yeah. or, you know, and that comes down to there's so many different partners that are mm-hmm. involved with things like merchandise and advertising and, you know, setting up, um, you know, red carpet events or whatever. All this stuff happens way, 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 way in advance. And mm-hmm. anyone leaks any of that information, uh, you know, it can be detrimental to the launch of that movie that product or whatever um you know apple used to be very very protective over their launches and have sort of eased off a little bit probably because they're falling a bit behind but um you know (laughs) they sort of they sort of switched it around and were like well you know what we'll be the first one to to release the information of what's coming next because you know then there's this element of oh oh i can't wait until that comes out and i feel that about lego i'm you know i think about things like uh let's say the latest Harry Potter set with the big mm-hmm. head, we're going to love it. Can't wait to get it. But I wish we'd known about that six months ago and had our reviews for that six months ago. So we could say, look, this is coming. And you know, you can really hype that up over that period of time. But I think their fear is that then that's going to get copied. And then you're going to be able to get them for a fraction of the price from, you know, after not aftermarket. Yeah. But, but it copycats. also like, as a consumer, like the hype loses itself like six months later. Do you know what I mean? Yep. It like you yep. want it. there's like there's only we have a, our attention spans are so limited, and you know that we can only intake the information. And they're first. only getting shorter. Yeah, oh, it's crazy. Six months in the Lego world is is a, almost a lifetime, isn't it? You look at yes. how many how many sets come out this year? Two hundred, two hundred already this year. We're there only was halfway like, through. What, over a hundred on August first alone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm broke. So, <laughs> Not really, so yeah, you know, you, you could really sit here and talk all points of all arguments until you're blue in the face. And look, don't get me wrong. These discussions have happened on the land and they are, mm-hmm. these threads are pages and pages and pages and pages and pages mm-hmm. and pages long. Sure. And you could spend a lot of time reading them. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the way because people have a voice and they have something to say. Mm-hmm. And the AFOL engagement team respond and read and listen. So, yeah, things happen, things change. It's an evolution. It's always been an evolution. They're still learning. And, um, you know, I, for one, treat it as a privilege to be in the land, clearly, with my no community. Oh, God. Oh, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. All right. Well, with that being said, <laughs> hashtag longest episode ever. <laughs> good. Great conversation. It was yeah. good to hear that perspective and point of view, which mm-hmm. I feel like is not heard of at all. No. Like mainstream 
YouTube or anywhere else, which was the reason why I wanted to get a little dis- a little discussion on this topic. So thank you for coming on and being a little vulnerable about this. And I really appreciate that. And I'm sure the other two will feel the same. Yes. No problem. No. Yeah, Look, yeah. I'm, I'm always open to having the conversation. I, you know, and again, I feel like that's part of my role in the community is to be open, transparent, honest, and, you know, tell the story from every angle that I can think of and be objective so that people can make informed choices and decisions of, on their own rather yeah. than just my opinion. It's like, here are the facts. This is my experience. You digest and take away from that what you want. Right, so they can form their own opinions. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. We need, more, we need more of that in the community. All right, well, I guess I'll end it here and roll that music for you, Ninja. <laughs> Forgive <laughs> us; it's like midnight for us. <laughs> We're like so tired. Yeah, and I apparently lost the rental car key. So, oh no! So that's why Sans keeps coming. Yeah, back. Yeah, so I need to go find that, which is like a bit, <laughs> we have to return it tomorrow. So, no, bueno. this is really bad. I'm in trouble. Anyway, it's, it's already um, well, tomorrow. Tune in next time, and we'll figure out what happened to Claire and how much money she owed the rental car company. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Ninja, roll us out, bro. All right. Well, I mean, that's it. Until next time. Peace. Thanks for having me. Right. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. Oh, All right, you can leave now. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm going to run out. Bye, Sam. No, he's here. Bye, Sam. Miss you. Love you. <laughs>